Should I do a John impression again or should I just read it? Maybe I should do like maybe I should do like a like a like a smooth jazz kind of From the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network, that's James the Brain, I'm Travis the Beard, and this is Super Flexible. You like that, James? Dude, that, that was <laughs> slick. That was slick. John, John Hogue is not here again, and when, when the boss is away, the co-hosts will play. Get your heart out, John Hogue. <laughs> All right, so we are still in the middle of our wide receiver position dissection here. Um, We are all the way down to wide receiver 27. Last week we hit on um, the kind of mid-wide receiver twos. We got all the way down to Jermaine Curse, who finished wide receiver 26. And let's not waste any time, James. We got T.Y. Hilton here at wide receiver 27. Um I think, you know, I mean, what do you think about this guy? He, I think we're going to have differing views here because you. I don't think we will. I think you're anti-Andrew Luck. I think you, I think you think he's in a coffin <laughs> somewhere already or an urn maybe. And I don't think that. I think he's coming back and I think T.Y. Hilton is going to rise straight on back up those dynasty draft boards and those fantasy stat sheets. What do you think? Yeah, see, here's the thing. I don't think his value is tied completely to Andrew Luck. Wow. I think, for, first of all, if Josh McDaniels takes over as head coach, which we are all anticipating is going to happen, that's a good thing for the passing game here. Um, I think the passing attempts go up. Even when the guy coached Denver, you saw Kyle Orton throw the ball an insane number of times. So I, I think the passing attempts are going to go up. T.Y. Hilton's the number one receiver in Indianapolis, um, and... By far, I mean, I don't think there's anyone even close to being on his talent level. Um, so I, I, I really, I've always liked T.Y. Hilton, and I do moving forward too. Um, you know, I think even if Andrew Luck, which I think it's more probable than not, but we'll get into that at some other point, that Andrew Luck is not healthy. Um, I think that that's that's fine because I feel like T.Y. Hilton again. I think um, his his value is going to be had with volume. And I think that his volume is going to go up with Josh McDaniels. And I also think that if Andrew Luck isn't healthy, which, again, I kind of think is probably the case, then you have a a quarterback there, Jacoby Brissett, that played in Josh McDaniels' system. Um, he He knows that system. So I don't think there's a steep learning curve. I think there's a reason why Josh McDaniels took that job not knowing Andrew Luck's health. And I think it's because he would feel comfortable with uh, Jacoby Brissett being his quarterback. So, oh my goodness, um, I don't. You could not be mind. more wrong. You, I could not be, not be oh, more man. wrong, James. Oh no, we're not going to get in a quarterback <laughs> debate on the receivers, are we? <laughs> there is no uh, way Josh McDaniels took a head coaching job because he likes Jacoby freaking Brissett. That's the most ridiculous statement. It may be in human history. No, no, no. Okay, look, 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 look. I think I think Josh McDaniels looked at this situation and said, 
there's a good chance I have Andrew Luck. However, if I don't have Andrew Luck, I have a quarterback who knows my system, who we drafted. Obviously, I was pretty high on, and I, I would be okay working with. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that weighs in the decision process. I don't think that factored um, I think in for if Andrew, at all. So you don't think that there's even a doubt in his mind that Andrew Luck may not be back next year? Even if there is, I not, don't Not think, even a doubt. Even if there is, I don't think he's like, that's all right. I've got my boy Jacoby Brissett. No way, dude. Really? He sucked. Really? He so if, sucked. if Nate Sudfeld was the backup, do you think he's still taking that job and leaving Absolutely, New England? yes. Absolutely. No, no. Yep. No way. Yep. No way. And so and so I will say that uh, because of that, T.Y. Hilton is going to hold value either way. Um, I think his value is higher than the 27th receiver that he finished at. Um, I would take T.Y. as my wide receiver, too, all day. Um, so I definitely value him higher than where he's at now. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my take on it moving forward. How do you value T.Y.? All right, we disagree on Luck, but I think we agree on T.Y. I've got him at <laughs> wide receiver 15 still. Um, so <laughs> I think it's I think it's largely tied to Luck. I don't think I don't I don't see how you can see the season that he just had and say that his value isn't tied to Andrew Luck, honestly. But that's not the argument. We both like T.Y., so it's all good there, I suppose. I think he's a buy low. I, don't, I think he's completely off of that. I don't, I don't think he's even close to like elite wide receiver value right now. Um, he led the league in receiving last year. Was it two years ago or last year? I can't remember. I think it might have been two years. Uh, no, it was last year. Anyways, he he was he okay. led the league in receiving yards. I'm pretty sure it was last year. Um, so let's not forget how good Ty is. He he's obviously going to be one of those boom bust guys, kind of. But even, I mean, if Andrew Luck's back, he is. I think he jumps right back into that top ten. Um, so yeah, I'm buying all day if if people are down on him as the you know wide receiver. I think he's his ADP was wide receiver like twenty some twenty two or something like that. Well, it's interesting that uh, that you have his his value tied so much to Luck, and you're still so high on him. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Must yeah. have no doubt that Luck's coming <laughs> back, huh? I'm I'm um, still pretty confident. That's that's awesome. I like my quarterbacks to have two arms and uh, two shoulders, but I that's I saw. Just me. Uh, I what saw do we got next? Where, where are we at? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You're you're on to twenty eight, sir. Oh, that's right. Twenty eight is Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, uh, just under twenty six. Um, a really interesting receiver. It seems like he produces kind of at this low end number three type area. You know, for a while, I just I I don't see the upside there with Kenny Stills. Um, yeah, it's not that I don't like his talent. I just I don't see the, a role for him moving forward that's go- going to be conducive to consistent numbers in fantasy. And so I don't know. I'm just I, I guess I see Kenny Stills as just kind of a guy. Um, I, I don't think his value is anything more than a wide receiver three at, at its highest. And, um, and so I don't know. I've just never really been high on Kenny Stills and his skill set. What about you, Travis? Yeah, so Kenny Stills, I don't think I'm as low as I don't think I'm as low on him as you are. I only because this is it's very value dependent for me. 
So Kenny Stills has an ADP of 149 overall. That's not in Superflex. So in Superflex leagues, you can get him probably in the 180s, 170s. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's there's there's almost no risk at that point, honestly. And if he's going to be a wide receiver three, his ADP as far as wide receivers goes is wide receiver 65. So there's value there, right? Just just in those two numbers alone, if you can get him as wide receiver 65, is yeah. and he's going to produce for you as wide receiver 32 or whatever the you know whatever the hell he's going to do. Give me that all day. I mean, that's a useful bi-week fill-in kind of guy, and who knows what's going to happen in Miami. We think we like the coach, right? Um, Landry could slash probably will be gone, um, so that may open up some more targets there. Um, so I don't. I'm not. I, I think. I think he's a usable piece. Is all I'm going to say. He's definitely not. Mm-hmm. You know, a top twenty-four guy. And he should not, absolutely not be valued that way. But if he's valued at wide receiver 65 and 170 overall, I'll, absolutely I'll spend that pick on, on Kenny Stills and have him as a week seven by week guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can understand that. I definitely think that uh, with where he's going, his ADP currently... You're probably right. I mean, as a matter of fact, there, there's no doubt you're right. I mean, he, he has more value than that. Um, so, you know, value-based, you know, I, I think he's, he's, you know, definitely a value if that's where you're getting him at. However, I just, I would curb my expectation just because I don't think he's a high upside guy. I do, I do like the point that you made with Jarvis Landry being gone. You know, he may have a path to, you know, some extended targets and extended playing time. So that's, that's interesting. But, um I, I just have a hard time buying in to the idea that Miami is going to give him a legitimate chance to start because I think well, didn't I, he just I really he just signed an think, extension last offseason, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he he's there. Uh, but I just I I guess here's my thing is that we've seen Devontae Parker struggle, we've seen Jarvis Landry, you know, get hurt. I I just it never seemed like they were willing to commit to Kenny Stills even though it seemed like there were times when he was outplaying those guys. And so, to me, it just, especially with Miami, it's always a little weird with Miami because you look at, you know, what they've done with some of their other skill position players like Omar Miller when he was there and now Kenyon Drake. Um, It always seems like they're always hesitant to give some of these guys who the rest of us see a lot of talent in um, that opportunity to be the guy. And so I'm I'm a little concerned that that, you know, Miami may not give him that opportunity. But, I mean, I think you bring up some really good points. And I mean, what's you're risking nothing if you're getting them that late, you know, in the 150s to 170s, 180s in a draft. I mean, that's that's unbelievable value. You definitely take that. So I agree with with everything you pretty much said. Sweet. So speaking of capped ceilings, let's move on to Mohamed Sanu. Uh, he's he finished wide. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a shot shot at James there. Uh, finished wide receiver mm-hmm. 29. Um, he's 28. Uh, he is, if, for those of you don't who don't know, Mohamed Sanu is the wide receiver two slash three for Atlanta. Um, I know, you know, probably not very many people have heard of him. He's not very good. He doesn't. He hasn't done much. Uh, 
All right, I'm done. I'm done ragging on him. I'm gonna pass it to you. James, for some reason, has some faith and and some value in Mohamed Sanu. I don't really. I see zero value in even rostering this guy. If anybody's gonna pay me anything for him, goodbye, Mohamed Sanu. Wow. Well, that that was hard to hear. Well, I, I I'm not saying that Mohamed Sanu is is you know has has a huge uh, ceiling. However, I will say this: he starts. Opposite Julio Jones, we know Julio Jones has trouble getting in the end zone. Austin Hooper's usage has been terrible, especially um, with Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator. So Mohamed Sanu is going to get every opportunity to catch balls and to catch balls in the red zone. So um, all Matt Ryan needs is slight, uh, a slight uptick in touchdown passes, and I think Mohamed Sanu is a wide receiver too. Um, I really do. I, I think Julio gets a lot of the attention in the red zone. That's why you don't see a whole lot of touchdown grabs from him. I think Mohamed Sanu's the forgotten man. I think he's better than most cornerback twos in the league. And so I think that, you know, that's that's why he's going to get usage. He's 28 years old. Um, he's not too old, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty much in his prime. He's not... He's not all that young either, so um, I don't think he's a guy that I'm buying. I don't want to. I don't want to say that you know this is a guy you should go out and get. But if I have him, I'm holding him, and I I feel the. I, I think I feel the way you feel about Stills, Travis, is that I think this is a good bye week replacement. I think this is a guy who you can count on um, if you need to in a pinch in a few weeks and some good matchups. And I think it's a guy that uh, could end up uh, you know could end up having a pretty decent uh, touchdown total by the end of the year um, as well. So yeah, I'm. I'm I'm okay with Sanu. I'm definitely not buying him, and I'm definitely not uh, not selling him. I think I would just—I think he's a hold for me at this point. That, that's fair enough. My last point on him—he he had four touchdowns last year with Atlanta, five this year, uh, five tied his career high. Um, not saying—I mean, we all know touchdowns are fluky. He could obviously have an eight, nine touchdown season. Um, but my my larger last you know finishing thought is. He's going at uh, ADP 121, and Stills is 149. Give me still. I'd take Stills at 120 ahead of Mohamed Sanu, honestly. Yeah, I think I think the ceiling is higher for Stills. I'll give you that. I think the floor is higher for Sanu, and I think that Sanu has kind of a clear role. I, I think you know that Sanu is going to be starting opposite of, of Julio. I, I don't know that with Stills. So I think just because of what I know at this point, I would probably have Sanu ranked a little higher. However, I will say this. If going into the year Stills is is looking like a starter, I don't think it's close. I think I, I rank Stills over Sanu. So I guess um, my rankings and, and kind of how I feel about these guys is as of right now, um, but if if Stills does get that chance to start, um, I, I would probably uh, agree with you. I'd probably have him ranked higher, and uh, and I think he's a better value at his ADP currently. All right, so let's move on here, uh, Travis. We got Michael Crabtree next. He finished as wide receiver thirty in a PPR. He is uh, thirty years old. Um, you know, Crabtree's interesting. We've heard some news. Some chatter that uh, he may be on the outs in Oakland. Um, if he is, it's really interesting to see kind of where he winds up. Um, this receiver market looked like it was going to be decent, and then Devontae Adams kind of got uh, got re-signed uh, in Green Bay, and now it's all the talk is about Jarvis Landry. I think even though Crabtree's a little older, I think he's probably the the number two target, you know, for most teams looking at the wide receivers that might be available. Um, 
So, uh, you know, with Crabtree, I mean, he, in Oakland, he was consistent. I mean, he really developed a pretty good repertoire with uh, with Carr. Um, this past year, that whole offense took a step backwards. Um, but Michael Crabtree outperformed Amari Cooper every year um, that he was there playing with Cooper. Um, and I think that says something, that Crabtree is, uh, is a little bit more talented than maybe we thought when he was playing in San Francisco early in his career and wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. So um, I think he's situation dependent, so it's really hard for me to rank him at this point if he's not going to be back in Oakland. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what you know, bringing in John Gruden and kind of what he thinks and what, what ends up happening there if Crabtree might be back. I think a lot of the news we heard was before that hiring. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of with Crabtree where he's at. I think his opportunity, again, is pretty much going to determine a lot of his value. Um, he is 30, so I think you kind of have to look at it in, in the uh, in the micro a little bit more than the macro with him and kind of look at things in a year-to-year basis. Uh, determining his value so I'm not overly high on Crabtree just because of his age and uh, not knowing his situation but I definitely think he has talent and if he finds the right situation watch out because I think he could be a a number two receiver still for the next couple years I I agree that that's definitely a possibility I think he's a sell I think he's a strong sell I, I think this is one of those let's not overthink it kind of moments he's 30 years old and he had a career year, I guess two career years, right? Last year and the year before. And then he had a fall off this year and he's got reports of locker room issues. There's, I mean, I'd say 50-50 chance at this point of him coming back to the Raiders. You want to, I mean, you want a 30-year-old wide receiver on a new team? I don't know. I just, I don't think, I think that he still carries some weird value from just his name i mean as strange as that is to say he he gained that the last two years where people see him as this very usable high-end wide receiver too and if you can get that sort of value for him i'm absolutely moving off of crabtree for sure let's go to wide receiver 31 Uh, a little bit of a more interesting guy here in my opinion marquise goodwin uh surprisingly 27 years old He's been in the league for a while and just recently kind of is popping his head up a little bit. Like, hey, I'm here, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he is on the the Niners with probably 90% likely it's going to be Garoppolo under center. Um, I guess the, the real question here is, has he shown enough and has he earned enough of a role in that offense to sustain value and or even start on that team when the Niners inevitably bring in two or three receivers this offseason, which we've got to think they're going to do. Yeah, uh, I think I think that is the question, Travis. I think you nailed it. And um, my my answer in a nutshell is no. Um, I think Marquise Goodwin has a skill set that will be valuable to teams, but it's limited. I, I don't think he, he's not a receiver that you want to put on the outside. He's not a receiver that is um, capable of doing, you know, multiple things. Not a guy that you want to see, um, you know, running a 10-yard in route or something something along those lines. He's just, I mean, he's a guy. He, he's definitely, um, he has his, his attributes, um, and they're, they're going to be valuable, but I just don't think they're sustainable to be, I mean, he's not going to be, um, 
a guy who gets targeted a ton, in my opinion. I think he's going to have to make the most with the few targets that he gets. And really, um, what you're going to hope for is that, you know, his playmaking ability um, can peek through and he can be ultra efficient with the few targets that he gets. Um, I think that that, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, there's a role for that and there's a role for that on your fantasy team. I just wouldn't overpay for it. Um, I think San Francisco um, can, can, you know, they're going to have the cap room to bring in a receiver or two in free agency and maybe even one in the draft. And so I think the competition's going to get pretty stiff for him pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> I know Pierre Garcon's a guy who's a little older, but uh, that's a guy too that uh, you still kind of got to got to worry about looming. Um, you know, he's a guy who would probably be able to you know to to pick up. Um, you know, he's a savvy veteran. He's a guy that I could see working really well with Jimmy Garoppolo and be able to pick up the. Uh, you know, the chemistry with him a little bit quicker, uh, knowing kind of, kind of what he wants. So, um, all that being said, I mean, I, I, it's not that I, I, I'm down on Marquise Goodwin. However, um, I do think that his value right now is a little bit higher than what I'd be willing to pay. And if I had him, I might be looking to shop him now before San Francisco brings in a few more options. Um, so I don't know. That's my take. What do you think, John or Travis rather? Well, that hurt my feelings. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, John, with a beard. <laughs> Man, I I keep going back and forth, back and forth on Marquise Goodwin. Um, what your your opinion is absolutely legit and valid, uh, and and could absolutely happen. I think I have a little bit more faith, and I don't know if it's so. So he he had obviously his career year um and it was his first year in San Francisco. He spent the first 4 years of his career in Buffalo. And 2 years ago he had two catches for 24 yards. And so and the year before he had one catch. So he, I'm just saying he was very limited usage and the reports that I've read over, throughout the season I don't have any of them to cite, unfortunately. I apologize to whoever wrote those articles or or those blurbs or whatever. But he apparently, and it's all you know, it's all hype and whatever speculation. But he apparently really honed his craft and and really buckled down and and learned how to be a better all around all around wide receiver this past year. And he's actually he's got a fantastic story. You should go look him up if if you haven't heard it. Um, and maybe that, maybe I try not to let that factor in for me. I know that's stupid to let that be a fantasy football factor. Um, but it really just, I mean, character, I think matters for these guys and, and the type of people that they are speaks to their work ethic. And if he's able, and if he buckled down and learned how to be a better route runner, like they've reported that he has. And I mean, you saw that kind of produce and 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 manifest itself in the latter half of this last year because you you actually saw him running those 10 yard in routes that you were talking about you saw him getting targeted in the short and intermediate areas of the field he wasn't just the nine the nine route guy anymore um so part of me really wants to believe that he's earned a starting role on that on that team but on the other hand it might be a little bit silly uh, to to think 
you know, if they do bring in two guys that he's going to produce to the level that he just did. Um, so I don't know that I'm actively shopping him, I guess, is my only difference in your opinion. Um, I'm kind of in between hold and, and buy, to be honest, because uh, I think he's pretty cheap because I think everybody's thinking the same thing you are and the same thing I am, honestly, in the back of my mind. Like, this could he could absolutely be on the waiver wire six months from now. Like, that's absolutely a possibility, or seven, eight months from now. So it's definitely a risky guy. I mean, as we're getting lower and lower in these players, obviously they're all more risky than the one before them. But I guess, yeah, I'm not in active sell mode, I guess is all I'm going to say as far as how I differ from you there. Um, Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we all think that offense is going to be better. I think we're all into – we're all kind of bought into Jimmy G as far as – being mm-hmm. an above-average starting quarterback at the minimum, I think his upside's a lot higher than that. So if he does maintain a starting role as the wide receiver two on that team, he's going to be useful. He's going to be valuable. Um, so I, I don't think that's not. I don't. I don't think that that possibility has gone away. So I think that's kind of where I'm at there. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have anything else on Marquis Goodwin? Uh... Well, I, I, I think I would say this. I think we both recognize that Marquise Goodwin has a high, really high ceiling and a really low floor. And I, I, the way I'm kind of reading this is you are a little closer to, to thinking that that ceiling might happen, and I'm a little closer to thinking that floor might be the case. So um, I think we're, we're, you know, we're pretty close on him, but I think we're just kind of leaning in different directions is all. All right, so before we move on to Robert Woods, let me tell you a little bit about gtbets.eu. This episode is brought to you by gtbets.eu, the official sponsor of the Super Flexible podcast. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all the major sports. The bottom line, gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Free money, James. It's free. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. All right. So, Travis, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. We got uh, wide receiver 32, Robert Woods. Uh, Robert Woods, 25 years old, about uh, a little under 26, but uh, obviously had the year of his career. Um, another wide receiver who uh, played in Buffalo previously. That didn't do a whole heck of a lot. But he went to the Rams, and he had a, he had an excellent year. Um, he had some huge games um, and really came on later in the year. Uh, the thing with Robert Woods that's really interesting is that, uh, like I said, he really did next to nothing early in the year. They started using him later in the in the season, and he had – just some big, big games, and then some games he didn't do a whole heck of a lot. So uh, it's interesting with him. I think uh, finishing at number 32, he's probably valued a little lower than that, I would guess. Um, and I, I, I think his value is probably about right. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that he's probably valued as the 38th to 42nd wide receiver, if I had to guess. And I would say that that's probably where I have him, you know, maybe a little bit higher than that, but that's about it. Um, 
as you know, I'm, I'm buying into the Rams' offense. I love Sean McVay uh, and what he's done, and uh, I'm a big fan of uh, of what Jared Goff has done, taking a step forward. So um, that that being the case, I think Robert Woods and his value here is uh, I'm, I'm buying. Um, he's been in the league a few years. He's He's got a little bit of that veteran savvy now, and so um, I think he's entering his prime, and I think you probably got another four years four to six years of him performing at a pretty high level. So um, I think uh, with, with Robert Woods, I'm, I guess I won't say I'm buying. I'm probably just holding. I think he's a strong hold at this point. Um, I don't think he has enough value for you to sell. Um, and I don't think that I would, you know, be actively trying to buy him. But if I had him, I'd be holding him and I'd be pretty happy to have him on my squad. Uh, what's your take on Robert Woods, Travis? I think this is the first time in the last two shows that we've just 100% agreed. So I don't I don't even really wow. have anything to add um, other than I was shocked when I saw he was 25. <laughs> this guy seems like he's this yeah. guy seems like he's been in the league for 30 years, man. Yeah, <laughs> he was on his rookie contract in Buffalo. That's insane. For what, four That's years? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it so is. Yeah, this, it is, is you're th- right. this was his fifth year. He's going into his sixth year, and he's going to be 26 at the start of the season by far his career year. And they, I mean, they seem to really like him. They seem to, he seems to have locked in a solid, solid role in that offense. And I would even venture to to guess that with, I don't know, I still believe in, in Sammy Watkins. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But I'm all about Sammy Watkins. And with... Mm-hmm. With Cooper Cup, I, I'm a little bit down on Cooper Cup. So I guess my whole point is, if if they start passing the ball to their best receivers, it's going to be Watkins and Woods, and yeah. and so I mean I guess my whole point is there's there's room for improvement uh, with Woods, even though he just had his career year. So I think I'm right on. I'm totally on board with what you said. I'm I'm holding, not selling, not buying necessarily unless I mean his value I think isn't where it should be uh, which sounds so weird to say because it's Robert freaking Woods but I mean if you can get him as like a throw in kind of like hey add this guy on to make a deal I mean he's probably he's probably I mean that's not true he's probably got like a late first mid second kind of value right now don't you think yeah. So yeah, I, I, I yeah think maybe so. as part of a bigger deal, you could kind of add him in there. But I'm not like I'm not actively going out and shopping the 110 for Robert Woods. I don't think I'd do that. Um, no. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have him, and I don't think I'm selling him. <clears throat> so yeah, one one more thing I want to add real quick, Travis. Check this out. You know, the the last episode we did, we mentioned Nelson Aguilar and uh, Juju Schuster because they finished back to back in the rankings or in our uh, the PPR finishes, right? And that was two ex USC wide receivers. Robert Woods is another one. So in in about eleven spots here in the top thirty two, we have three U- USC wide receivers, which I just want, kind of wanted to point out because for a long time. 
There was a lot of USC wow, wide receivers yeah. since like Steve Smith that were kind of busts. That's significant. You know? he had like Dwayne Jarrett and guys like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting that uh, some of these guys, and if you look at the names, you just see like Nelson Aguilard really didn't do anything for a while. And then Robert Woods, you know, didn't do anything for a while. I guess Schuster's probably the one exception who came into the league this year and just, just did really well. But um, a couple of these guys like Robert Woods and uh, and Nelson Aguilar, it seems like they took a little bit to get their feet under him, but... Uh, but now, you know, are starting to starting to show a little bit of their shine. So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That became, I mean, the USC wide receiver thing was, that was a real thing. I mean, there's people yeah, that yeah. actually straight up would not draft USC receivers in their rookie drafts because of the stigma that, that they've mm-hmm. uh, gathered from all those years. Yeah, so that's cool. That's fun to see. So wide receiver 33 in 2017 was Jamison Crowder. And this guy was, believe it or not, at wide receiver 33 was a disappointment, I think, for a lot of people. He had some major hype coming into the 2017 season um, just because he had he had kind of a hot finish to, to 2016. And, you know, good quarterback, uh, good offense, and he's 24 right now. He was 23 last offseason, this young guy, and... So, I mean, I, I remember the hype was real for Jamison Crowder, and wide receiver 33 was kind of a letdown. Um, where are you at with, with Crowder? Uh, I think I th- think I'm, I'm I think I'm in on Crowder. I think I like him. I think I'm buying because I think his value is depressed uh, from this last year, but especially, I mean, definitely from where it was 12 months ago, 9, 10 months ago. Um, so I think you can get him for pretty cheap, and he's still a young receiver. He's he's shown production in this in in this league, and so I think he can definitely be like I'd have him above those guys we we're talking about. I mean, Sanu and Stills by far, and I mean that's I guess that's not a hot take. His ADP is sixty six, which I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, that's that seems pretty high, but again, he's he's a young, high upside wide receiver. Uh, where are you at with Crowder in, in the Washington offense? I mean, we're going to Alex Smith here. Uh, does that help or hurt Crowder in, in your eyes? First off, I'm buying Jameson Crowder. I think I'm with you on, on kind of, you know, how how he, he finished a little bit um, disappointing for fantasy owners. But let's keep in mind, I mean, they, they signed Terrell Pryor, right? And all off season we're seeing these highlight grabs, these one-handed grabs of Terrell Pryor, and everyone thinks – Dude, Terrell Pryor is going to be going to be a fantasy number one receiver. I mean, you heard so much hype about that guy, right? And then, you know, uh, Josh Doxson, they're they're going to keep trotting him out there because Josh Doxson, you know, is going to take that next step, and you know, we're going to give him every opportunity. He was a first round pick, and it kind of left you thinking, well, where did where where's Jamison Crowder left in all this? Well, honestly, Jamison Crowder finished as wide receiver 33 in fantasy, but he was Washington's best wide receiver. He was better than Terrell Pryor. He was better than Josh Doxson. So I think going into this year, I think you'd have to be silly if you're Washington to think anything other than Jamison Crowder's our number one wide receiver. He proved it last year. So... Going into the year, I, I'm higher on him just because I think there's more opportunity. I think, you know, the, the guys that were in front of him, I, I don't think Terrell Pryor's back. I mean, uh, he was on a one-year deal. I, I, I believe that he'll be gone. Um, and then uh, you have Jamison Crowder and you have Josh Doxson, who really hasn't done much. I mean, 
he had like four catches and they were all for touchdowns, right? Or something. <laughs> it was just crazy. But uh, J- Jamison Crowder is a guy who uh, who showed that he could do a lot, and and so I'm I'm high on him too. I think I'm probably a little higher on him than you are even because in the sixth round, I think that's I'm I'm probably still buying him at that price um, just because I see the potential, um, the high upside. And you're right, you know the Alex Smith thing is interesting. I don't really know what that's going to do to his value. But um, I do know that Alex Smith this last year supported, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, who was the top 10 wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey, who was the top, what, two tight end in most formats. So, I mean, uh, I, I, he, he can support, he can support uh, Jameson Crowder being a, uh, you know, hitting his ceiling. And I think his ceiling is probably top, yeah. top 15, top 20 wide receiver. Let's not pretend, though, that Alex Smith is something he's not. I mean, this was a career year for him. So I just want to caution. I mean, there is there is a risk there. Alex Smith was the quarterback mm-hmm. that didn't throw a single touchdown to a wide receiver three years ago. So, yeah, I mean, no, good point. And, and this was a career year, and he did support those two options in the receiving game. And so it's, I mean, hey, it's possible, right? It just happened. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I just want to throw a little bit of caution there. I, I think I'm I, – I, I'm in agreement, though. And did you know? Did you know Jamison Crowder is younger than Josh Doxson? Yeah, I know. How insane crazy? is that? Yeah, there are so many times, isn't it? I, there are so many times when stuff like that happens. Like, um, you know, we were just talking about uh, Cooper Cup. You know, Jamison Crowder is the same age as Cooper Cup, and, and that to me is insane. Just because Cooper Cup just played his first season and Crowder's been in the league for a while, so like, yeah, it, you know, when things like that happen, it is it is kind of. Uh, kind of crazy when you kind of think about that but yeah that's um <laughs> that is crazy especially when you look at where those two receivers right. are in their so, progression you so know? you are you on the jameson crowder is a buy bandwagon okay. i am yeah i think i would buy him i think you can get him um pretty cheap uh, and i i would i tell you what if if i'm giving the 110 um up for uh robert woods i think i'm giving the 110 up for jameson crowder that's how high i am on him did you say you were giving the one ten for Woods? Because I think I, I think I said I think lessons. I. No, I, I think I think he's probably a mid second rounder for me. I think for I'd Woods. give like I think um, I'd but give I like think, the two 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 three. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm there. Maybe maybe high second. Yeah, mid to high. I think two three to two five. I two six. I'd feel comfortable giving somewhere in that range, uh, depending on my roster configuration, but. Um, with Jamison Crowder, I think I'd give more. I'd be willing to give up a late first, I think, to get him because I think his ceiling is that much higher. Um, but, you know, like you said, there is still some concern, you know, with Alex Smith there. Um, you don't really know kind of kind of right, what you're getting right. with Alex Smith. We've seen the good and the bad and the ugly from him. So, um, so we'll kind of see moving forward. But I think his upside is there for Crowder, and he's young enough to where you can take a shot on him, I think, and uh, feel pretty good about it. Okay, so uh, let's move on to wide receiver 34. That's Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn's 32 and almost 33 years old. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a nice year, but really at that age, what, what are you expecting? Uh, if you have him, you know, you're probably not selling him because you're not getting much. If you don't have him, you're not buying him. He's, he's going to be 34. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I don't know how much longer he plays. Um, so, I, you know, he finished well, but, uh, but I don't think I'm, I'm buying him. I'm probably selling him. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I think I think I'm holding. It, I mean, not that it matters all that much, but I I mean, he had one of the best years 
that he's uh, that he's had in his career, honestly. And he's, I mean, Breeze is most likely going to be back there, so I think he could be, a, you know, a usable wide receiver three or four again for you. And I think he's just one of those guys that you just let die on your roster. Cool. So wide receiver thirty-five, Randall Cobb. Man, Randall Cobb, how the mighty have fallen. Um, ADP one thirty-nine. He's down there around the uh, Kenny Stills, Muhammad Sanu range. Do you have any faith in Randall Cobb? Is he going to be back with Green Bay? Um, obviously, we've got Rodgers coming back. That offense is going to be significantly better than it was. Um, we've got, I think, either Jordy or Cobb are going to be gone. I think they keep one of them. Um, obviously, Adams is locked up. We've got... Geronimo Allison who flashed we've got Ty Montgomery who might have to move back to wide receiver um where, where are you at with Cobb he's kind of this weird enigma guy for me right now I don't I don't really know what to do with him yeah I, I've never honestly I've never been a uh, a, a Cobb buyer a supporter and it's not that I I um I just feel like, man, his situation couldn't get any better than it was when he was playing with Aaron Rodgers, and we never saw him really do much with it. And I understand he was probably the third option more times than not, um, but, I mean, with injuries to Jordy Nelson, with injuries to Devontae Adams, he had more than his his chance to step up and uh, and really put up some good numbers. And uh, and he, he's really failed the past couple of years to do that, to put up those elite numbers that he really could have playing with a great quarterback. So um, to me, I, I, I have, I'm selling Randall Cobb. I mean, he's 27 years old, uh, like you stated, so he can, um, you know, you could probably get something for him. He's young enough. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he's back in Green Bay. I would guess that he isn't. Um, I think that they would rather keep Jordy at this point. Um, so I... I I'm selling Randall Cobb anywhere that I have him, and uh, and I I don't know if he can find a better situation than the situation he was just in. I'm okay. I'm okay with that take, and I'm I'm so unsure of of Cobb that I'm not going to argue with you much on it. I honestly mm-hmm. think I might just hold him though, um, just because his value is, is literally like nothing. It's nothing. Nobody's buying mm-hmm. Randall Cobb right now. So, I mean, let's not – I mean, he did have – in 2014, he had 91 receptions, almost 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. So there's there's upside there. Obviously, that was with Rodgers. Um, and that was by far, by far his best year. Uh, and he, that was four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that that's who he is anymore. Yeah. I'm just saying he did it. He's done it before – and I don't know. It literally, to me, it's that he could be on Green Bay. He could not be like between Jordy and Cobb. I, I think right now I'm like fifty fifty on on who they keep. And if they get rid of Jordy and keep Cobb, he could absolutely produce for you. And so I, I guess that's where I'm at. I just don't think you're getting anything for him. So I think I'm just I'm just holding and just hoping for next year. His value's already so low. You know. You're not losing much from this point to even if you end up, even if you end up dropping him mid year next year, like he's so low right now, you're not losing much between now and then. You know what I mean? I mean, you might. I don't know if you feel yeah. if you feel like James does, you might be able to get a third for him. Are you selling Randall Cobb for a third round pick? 
Yeah, I, I don't know that I am. I, I guess my thing is is that even if he's back in Green Bay, like you said, four years ago he had a career year. He hasn't done it since. So if he is back in Green Bay and people are going, hey, look, Jordy's gone. Randall Cobb could be the number two there. I'm selling him. Be- immediately I am selling him because I've seen what he does as a number two there, and it's nothing that I, I want on my team. So, um you know, I mean, in the past couple of years, we saw Jordy go down with an injury in the preseason. Randall Cobb was the number two. He did nothing. And then, you know, Devontae Adams has been down with injuries. Cobb steps in, does nothing. So I, I'm, I don't, I don't need that guy on my roster. So it, yeah, I guess I understand your take. Maybe I'm holding until the time is right, and then I'm dealing him. You know, so if he gets cut and then he gets signed to a team that people think is interesting, immediately. I'm going to try to sell him for, for a second, you know, anything I can get for him at that point. Um, I don't think I'd, I'd sell him for a third. You're right. I'd probably hold him. But if his value inflates even a little bit to where I can get a late second for him, I'm doing it. Totally fair. I can't fight you on that. Okay. Well, here's something you can't fight me on. Uh, wide receiver number 36, Amari dun, Cooper. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Uh, he's 23 uh, years old, 23 Ooh, and a half. 23, so, that's sexy. Um, he, is, yeah, <laughs> he is young. Um, there, that's, that's about the only positive thing you'll hear me say about him. Uh, look, Amari Cooper, in my opinion, is, is um, he's overrated. Um, he, he plays with a quarterback that I, I, I really don't think is great. I think he's average at best. Um, so I think that hurts him. Um, I also think that the fact that he's been in he, for three years, he's played in the league and he hasn't been the number one on his own team tells me a little bit of something that, you know, maybe they didn't buy into him very much. Um, this last year, I mean, he struggled with drops early in the year. Basically, he's wide receiver 36 based upon one to two games. Um, he, Other than that, he was terrible. And I, I don't know that I can... Um, I can look back at his uh, his first two years and think that that's the real him when I saw uh, what I saw, how bad he was um, this last year. So uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm selling Amari Cooper. He's young enough. His name still has that cachet. I think I could still get something good for him, so I'm, I'm selling him. Um, I understand that our takes are very, very different here. Um, so, Travis, I'm going to let you go. What do you, uh, what do you got for Amari Cooper? You There's definitely the... Um, there, there's a large group of people that are in, in the same exact boat that you are right now with Amari Cooper. And that's okay because he sucked. He sucked this year bad. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to try to argue against that. He did have his highest touchdowns of his career so far with seven. So there's that, but I don't know, man, like this guy was an absolute elite recruit the most i mean he was he was one of the he was one of like the t- the highest like the top wide receiver prospects that we've seen right and i know that doesn't translate to nfl success but in his rookie year he had 72 catches and over 1000 yards in his second year he had 82 catches over 1100 yards and then he had a bad year last year and there's, I think there's multiple factors. I mean, I think, I think people forget Derek Carr broke his back in 2017. Let that sink in for a second. Amari Cooper's quarterback broke a bone in his back, man. 
like I know that's not the whole thing. Like there's obviously he that that's not the entire picture, but that's absolutely a factor in my opinion. And I'm definitely like I'm the I'm one of the lowest on Derek Carr that you'll find. I think um, I I don't think he is anywhere close to an elite quarterback, but I think he's an above average quarterback. I think he's going to be an NFL starter for five, eight, ten years. And Amari Cooper is 23 years old. He's in his he's coming into his fourth season. He's already got two seasons over a thousand yards. And honestly, like this is all. You know, this isn't stats, but he came in heavier this year than he was his first two years. He put on like 10, 15 pounds of muscle in this offseason. I don't know if you remember those pictures where Amari Cooper was looking super shredded. But I think that I think that's a factor. I think that that slowed him down. I think he, he was too big. I think he needs to lose, you know, go back to the weight he was when he was dominating And you're right. He was never the wide receiver one statistically on his team. But like I said to you before off air, he was like 1.8 fantasy points behind Michael Crabtree in 2016. So they're, I mean, that's pretty much 50, 50. And I don't know, man. I just think the, the level of athlete and the level of recruit and the level of production that he was and has shown so far, it's too early for me to give up on him. It's I, I think I think you're making a big mistake if you're selling Amari Cooper right now for the minimal value that you're gonna be able to get. And I'm I'm absolutely buying at any sort of discount I can and I can get for him. I think he I think he's gonna be an every week starter for your dynasty team next year. I think he's gonna finish as a top twelve wide receiver and this we're all gonna look back on the 2017 28 offseason and laugh about how we were selling low on Mario Cooper. Yeah, and I, I guess I see, I, I, I can see why you'd say that. I mean, his draft pedigree and his first two seasons kind of support the fact that he can be at least a usable fantasy wide receiver, at least a, a, a you know, a number two. Um, however, I, I just feel like he just keeps taking blow after blow. I mean, if Michael Crabtree gets released, who do they have on the other side? Are they going to get someone? Of course they will. Are they going to draft someone? It's not going to be well, Cord- who are they gonna Cordero get? Patterson. I mean, there's there's no... It, yeah, Cordero Patterson they, they and Seth Rollins. They know that who are they if gonna they get? get rid of Crabtree... Who are they going to get? You want me to predict the NFL draft and free agency right now? I can't do that. They're going to get somebody. No, I, I, I'm just telling you. Who, absolutely. Who is out there that is... That is going to be a, a, a Michael Crabtree. Okay, Jarvis so, Landry. So let's say they get somebody. Okay, if the Raiders get Jarvis Landry, I think that that's that's an even more damning damning thing for really? for Amari Cooper. Think about the targets that Jarvis Landry is going to take. The guy's going to get targeted 150 well, maybe times. Go, maybe we need to I go mean, back. I, and that, talk that's about terrible. I think so, you, missed, you missed that episode. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I must have because that's all that guy does is in get Miami. And in he Miami, does nothing with right. them. Anyways, we're not. Yes, yeah, so in, my, in Miami. My point is but, they're going to bring okay, somebody here's in. A, here's another. Here's another big blow. Okay, but here's another big blow. You brought in a coach who hasn't coached in how long? When's the last time John Gruden coached a game? Ten, ten years, twelve years. Dude, it has been ten, years. Ten years. The NFL changes so that much. That doesn't from matter year to year me. That now you're going to bring in a coach. No, Absolutely, no, no, no. because, it because, does. because, here, because listen, John Gruden's no, an offensive coach. Been, 
John Gruden has been more involved in the game of football in the last 10 years, you could argue, than he was when he was a coach. He watches every single game, every single offense, every single defense, every week, every day. This guy's breaking down every... Dude, I have the NFL Sunday ticket, okay, so do I. On. I'm not going to be a head coach. I'm not going to be a head coach. coach. I'm not qualified just because I watch plays. I think he's no, going to be a better no, coach. Dude, it's totally different. I think different he's going to be a better coach line. this runaround than he was last time. He's, he's uh, watched not, the league no transform no from the outside for 10 years. He knows what's happening. Let's not pretend this dude is sitting on his couch I, under a freaking sheet. Like, this guy is – he was watching the league. He's hes more involved in the league than probably half the coaches are. <laughs> Watch, yeah, okay, watching the league is one thing. Game planning, watching film, being in a locker room, relating to players, that's a total other thing. Uh, it, that, that to me, is it, where he's going to lose it. I, I, I really feel his game planning, everything, is going to be out of touch. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's another blow. I, I, I want no part of any Raider. I'll be honest with you. There's no Raider that you can tell me, hey, um, you know, maybe, maybe you know, you, you, are you interested in this guy? No. I'm not interested in any Oakland Raider. So um, that's just me. Um, and, and so I think that affects Amari Cooper, too, moving forward. Um, you know, like I said previously, I, and and I guess we're we're a little off because you said you think Derek Carr is an average quarterback, and I think he's below average. Um, I, I I don't think that he's even an average quarterback. I would rank that, him a that's below a pretty low bar. The average quarterbacks, a- yeah. Average well, NFL I, I tell you what, I did pretty, my rankings, and I had him. I I had him. I had him 18th. So that's below average. So. I mean, slightly below, but still below average. I think Derek Carr is a below average. Right, well, I'm going to put my foot so, in my mouth right now because um, I'm got I'm got him at 17. But I think okay. on like a skill level, he's good enough. I guess is my point. He's better than 15 NFL starting quarterbacks, maybe more. I, I, I guess okay. So let's not pretend that we need an elite, an elite quarterback to get wide receiver production. First of all. And I know uh, Cooper hasn't been a target hog. He he had last year. He had 131 targets as his career high. I mean that's decent, but that's not you know it's not DeAndre Hopkins numbers, right? It's not Antonio Brown numbers, obviously. But I don't know, man. I just obviously we disagree pretty pretty majorly. I think you said we have a slight disagreement. I think that's not true because <laughs> I think where do you, so let's go, let's see where, where do you have Amari Cooper right now uh, in your dynasty rankings? I have him as my 30th ranked wide receiver and I'm starting to think that might be Whoa, too high. dude. When I look at some of the guys, no, when I look at some of the guys I have below him. Mm. Okay. Dude, I just, I, I mean, honestly, I can't even, close, I can't even but... fathom how you have him that low. Based on really? okay, I, I, he's, he's already produced in the NFL. He's in his. He just finished his third year. Like we, there's some guys. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do, you have Nelson Aguilar ahead of him. Yeah, I do. That's just that's crazy. That's silly nonsense to me, honestly. I don't like. So we waited. We waited. I, I have Nelson Aguilar, who's playing with Carson Wentz, who is my my quarterback. That's I fine. think three. I think he's my third ranked quarterback. Right, 
he's playing with him as opposed to playing with quarterback 18, I have so much more. I, I can't even tell you. Weeps and bounds more faith in the Philadelphia coaching staff than I do in Oakland's. And so I definitely think that, yeah, I, w- I would take Nelson Aguilar over uh, over. That's Cooper fine. And those are all, those are all nine legitimate times out factors. Of uh, the coaching staff and the quarterback, obviously. But Nelson Aguilar, again, like I said earlier or last episode, was on waiver wires this offseason. Mm-hmm. And we, he, yeah, we waited. Absolutely. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we waited the three-year window for this guy to, to break out, right? Amari Cooper was legitimately one of those, uh, uh, like, I mean, he was the outlier, as far as rookie wide receivers go, right? His production was that if you take the whole pool of rookie wide receivers, he falls into that same outlier group as Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins and all these guys that, I mean, this is, that's insane production for a rookie wide receiver. And then he did mm-hmm. it again his second year. And no, here's Nelson Aguilar off watching his own game film his second year so his coaches can give him some confidence and show him he used to be good, right? Like, I understand mm-hmm. Aguilar had a better year than Cooper did, but, dude, this guy's career arc is just insane. And to give up on him for one bad year is just – I think you're I think you're making a big mistake, man. I And just for reference, I've got yeah, him as wide receiver I- six. Oh man, yeah. See, and I think I think here's the difference, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and and let me know if I am because I don't want to make an assumption that that is wrong. But with some of your your takes on Corey Davis, I just and, moved him to and, wide receiver um, eight. I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. Right, and and I, here's here's the thing. I think that you take that draft pedigree and um, and that means a lot to you. See, to me, I I don't I don't care that Nelson Aguilar didn't didn't have a, a good first two years or um, or that uh, Cooper Cup wasn't a high pick or that, uh, you know, I, I have th- things like that take take as soon as they're drafted and as soon as they suit up and as soon as they play, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm going to evaluate them season by season based on where I think that, um, that they're at and where I think that they can go. I do think that you're right. I mean, Amari Cooper had showed his first two years kind of what he could do. Um, I guess my thing is, is I think that's his ceiling, and maybe I'm totally off, but I think a lot of people are going to look at his draft pedigree and go, hey, he, he, you know, he did this his first two years. He can build upon it, and I think that, I, again, everything that I, I see with, with the Oakland Raiders and Amari Cooper, it just seems like he takes blow after blow after blow, and I don't, I don't, I, I see nothing improving in that situation, so um, again, maybe that's just maybe that's just me, and and I'm I'm sure that there are others who think that John Gruden will be the answer there, and that Amari Cooper is going to get a ton of targets, and that you know things things will work out there, and, and and maybe that's the case. But I guess for me, I see a high ceiling and a very low floor, and I think we've seen both. I think his first two years we saw his high ceiling. I think that is his his ceiling, um, and I think his last year we saw his floor. And uh, to me, that's too big of a risk if I'm going to take a top five or a top 10 pick um, on a guy. I want a little bit more safety. And uh, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at with Amari Cooper. I think the risk outweighs the, the reward, and that's why I have him as low as I do. 
um, and and you know maybe yeah. You know, and again, where, where I have him ranked, I'll own zero Amari Cooper, zero shares of Amari Cooper, and I get that. And I know I might be missing out on a player that could put up some points, but I'm fine with that given the risk that I would have to put forth to get him at where he's going to go. Okay, I mean, so that's I mean that's fair, and I if that's your opinion, that's totally fine. You're not going to own Amari Cooper, and I will, and I'm totally cool with that. <clears throat> um. And we're, we're running out of time here. So, but my last thing here, if this is his floor, like I said earlier, every player has a down year. Larry Fitzgerald finished wide receiver 36 one of his years, right? And I think to weigh that one down year more than the two fantastic, amazing years that he had in his first two years in the league is a mistake. And if his floor is 36 wide receiver, 36, like, let's just compare for a second. Do you know where Deandre Hopkins finished last year? Uh, no, no, wide I don't. receiver 36, James, same spot mm-hmm. as Amari Cooper. And let me ask you, what were, what were the circumstances surrounding Deandre Hopkins? Bad last quarterback year? play, just the same as Amari Cooper. But let's not pretend that yeah, let's not yeah, pretend I, Hopkins had a good year because of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson played six games. DeAndre Hopkins had he threw nineteen touchdown passes in those six games, though. Just just I understand throwing that, that out. But if you look at his game logs, he was consistent all year long. Hopkins was. It wasn't. He wasn't just. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't have three Amari Cooper games or six Amari Cooper games during. No, no, but but. How, let me ask you this: How how highly was uh, DeAndre Hopkins targeted compared to Amari Cooper this this year? Or or you mm-hmm. mean both their down years? Both their yeah. E- either way, uh... either way. I'm just. I guess my thing is is that I would buy DeAndre Hopkins because his volume is always there, always. I, I don't think it's it's ever ceased to be there. Even when he had poor quarterback play, they fed him the ball. He was always targeted, whereas Amari Cooper wasn't. As a matter of fact, okay, I no, that's think, a fair point. Maybe no, I'm wrong, point. but I think Michael Crabtree's been been targeted more. Hopkins so. had significantly more. Hopkins still had 151 targets his down year when he finished wide receiver 36. <coughs> that's insane. Yeah, like, yeah, and it also is. that is insane. That's insanely bad efficiency for Hopkins. <laughs> well, and I wonder how many no, of those passes totally were catchable. Fair. No, yeah, I that's totally get kinda, that for sure. Part of it, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I you make a fair point, and I'm not trying to just say he's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. I I do not want zero percent of me thinks he's going to be the wide receiver one next year, right? But he's such mm-hmm. an elite young player that already produced in his first two years in the league I'm not there's no way there's no way I'm selling this guy at the the like he is at the absolute bottom he's bottomed out in his value right now and and to sell this guy this guy like I was in a startup Ten months ago, Superflex startup, and Amari Cooper went fourth overall in a startup draft, 
and now I'm going to sell him for a third or fourth round value? No thank you, man. I will ride this ride out. If he ends up not panning out, which I think is incredibly unlikely based on his profile and production so far, then so be it. But there's no way I'm selling at this point. I guess that's that's my that's my biggest issue. That's my biggest argument that I would have against uh, your your opinion. And and I know if you don't like him, that's fine. But I guess what I'm saying is there's no way I'm selling at the floor. This is the floor, and I'm not selling now. Yeah, and and that's a real fair point, and I get that. It, it, I guess my thing is, when I say shopping, I mean it takes one owner. Um, if I'm in a you know a, a traditional twelve team league, there's eleven owners. If I can get one owner to pay, you know, kind of what I think his value might be, or a little over what I think his value might be, then I'm pulling the trigger. If not, if I can't get fair value for him, no, I, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely, hold him. Even as low as I am on him, I would hold him and just hope that you know um, my window will open at some point this year to be able to trade him. So. I think that's a fair point, Drev. So I'll, I'll, I'll go along with that. Um, I guess here's my thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, you kind of can correct me here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bring up something. Uh, Tyree Kill is a lower in your rankings By than far. Amari Cooper. Now, Tyree Kill has only played, two, only played two seasons, right? But he hasn't had a down season yet. His rookie year, he had 61 receptions for 593 yards and six touchdowns, right? Not bad. He also carried the ball 24 times for 267 yards and three touchdowns. Guy had nine total touchdowns um, on the year, and he had almost 750 total yards. So not bad, right? His second year, Oh, and by the way, he started one game his rookie year out of six. Quote unquote so, started, whatever. Um, you know that that makes a little bit. I don't more buy. Impressive. Yeah, the start, the um, started. The started. And then the started. And then last mean anything for me. Well, I I could have came just in pointing out that, in the you know, second snap of the game. He wasn't. He wasn't used. He he wasn't used week one. No, um, no, no. All, like all the you know, all like started means was. was that he played stat, snap one. That's all that means. I don't care how many games you start. You could have you could have played okay, snap two okay. well, and played. You could have had a seventy percent snap well, share okay. that game, but you didn't start. I, I tell you what, let's let's go let's go to to last year then, where he had seventy five receptions for one thousand one hundred and eighty three yards and seven touchdowns. Um, he also uh, carried the ball seventeen times for fifty nine yards. So um, had a phenomenal year. Uh, um, had more fantasy points than Amari Cooper that year, and was. Uh, he had to have been extremely close in 2016 with nine total touchdowns. Um, so he hasn't had a poor year, and yet you have Amari Cooper ranked over him. So I guess I guess here's my thing. I guess I'm looking at it and going, well, are you higher on Derek Carr than you are Pat Mahomes? Um, are you higher on Cooper than you are Tyreek Hill? And if so, why? I guess that's kind of my question: is why uh, why are you higher on Cooper uh, when I mean you got a, a good young player? I mean, as far as age goes, they're both real young. Um, they both play for you know in, in the same same division. They play the same teams two times a year, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think Kansas City is a better offense, and he plays with. I don't know. I, I a quarterback. I'm a little higher on at least in fantasy. Um, so. Okay. No. So okay. I, I, I see what, your point. What's your take on that? Um, 
So to me, they're they're completely different wide receivers. Um, Tyreek Hill is 5'10", 185, and Cooper is not. Cooper is the prototypical wide receiver one as far as profile. And to be honest, I, I am absolutely higher on Derek Carr than I am Pat Mahomes. And I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Okay. Uh, Pat Mahomes has played one half of NFL football. So, the mm-hmm. I mean, just based on – so I will I will give you – I think Pat Mahomes' ceiling is higher than Derek Carr's ceiling is. I will fully admit to that. Who would you, who would you, who would you take? Uh, startup draft, Derek Carr and Pat Mahomes are on the board. Are you taking Derek Carr over Pat Mahomes? I, <laughs> I currently have – <laughs> Derek Carr QB sixteen and Pat Mahomes QB seventeen. So you picked the perfect topic here. Um hmm. and, and so obviously it's close, right? I don't i I guess if mm-hmm. I had to pick one, I've already done it. I've already picked one in my rankings, it's Derek Carr. Um mm-hmm. so everything you said is legitimate is a legitimate point and we really need to we need to cut this out or we need to we need to we need to hurry this up because we're out of time here but Mm -hmm. um so so Tyreek Hill's first two seasons were still worse than Amari Cooper's first two seasons okay so I don't have the numbers in front of me but Amari Cooper's second season was better than 75 receptions for 1,183 yards and seven touchdowns read that stat line again 75 receptions, 1,183 yards, seven touchdowns, and also 17 carries for 59 yards. Uh, that's Tyreek Hill's second season? How many, ga- how many games mm-hmm. played? Last year. 15. So they're pretty, they're pretty close. Cooper had 82 receptions, 1,149 yards, Five touchdowns. Okay, so I think I think Tyreek probably, probably a little, a little bit, a little so bit I, but it's close. I get your point. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're I think they're different wide I think they're different wide receivers. Um, Tyreek Hill was a fifth round pick. Amari Cooper was picked at the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft, and I know that that doesn't matter. Yeah, but to okay, you, real quick, real quick. Does, but does hear me yeah? Out. No, does that does that matter does, to you though? Here's like why. because draft position. Not, and it's not just my opinion. Historically, statistically, draft position is an indicator of not only overall athleticism, but NFL success. So, yeah, it matters to me, especially when you're talking about a, a top five NFL draft pick versus a fifth round right wide receiver. Like those are completely different profiles. And I know that doesn't. I know it's not everything. I'm not saying it is. It factors in for me, sure, but it's not. I'm not. Well, let's let's let's. There, there's some context here, though, because Tyreek Hill had sure. off the field issues that made him fall. So, I mean, this, this guy isn't a typical fifth round pick. This guy wasn't a guy that would be available in the fifth round if if those those things didn't rear their ugly head. And let's be fair, in two years they they haven't since. So before he was drafted, that was a legitimate issue that had him tumbling down boards. But but go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there as uh, that's as a totally bit fair. Of context and, to but that. again, even if even if that wasn't the case, he wasn't Tyreek Hill was not a first round pick. 
he didn't have a first round draft grade. Like he would have been maybe a third round pick. Like, and I'm not saying like I don't want to come off as like the NFL draft pick or draft pedigree guy. Like I'm not. I understand that that's by no means even a majority factor. I'm just saying it does factor in for me. Like it, it's it. The NFL NFL draft position absolutely holds value, and I understand there's outliers. But there, it's statistically proven that higher draft pedigree overall is is correlated directly with NFL success and athleticism. I guess I guess here's my thing, Travis. Is real quick, what I'm going to add to this is when you're drafted as a first round pick, you're paid more, and GMs, coaches, their jobs depend on hitting those picks, right? So those guys get the opportunity. Okay, I don't think that later picks always get the opportunity. First round picks do. I'd be interested to see some statistics on if you know once once a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, once they get an opportunity to play, what the success rate is. And I'd also be interested to hear what the success rate is as of late, because I'm looking at some of these drafts as of late, especially the wide receiver position. I mean, a couple of years ago we had. Corey Coleman, Laquan Treadwell, and Josh Doxson as first-round wide receivers. Any of those sound like they're, you know, you're taking them over, you know, over no, but that's any, my, anyone, so really? That, I mean, so I, not, none of those of, guys. That's my point, though, right? Is, and, and what you said kind of factors into to those guys. They First-round picks get opportunity. That's why Nelson Aguilar got mm-hmm. three years to succeed. That's why his coaches were showing him his own game film. Right, mm-hmm. he was a first-round NFL draft pick, and I understand. So that we're way off of Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper didn't need that. Right, he got the opportunity right away, and he and he produced. Well, and same right with Tyreek Hill. Now, now so then, that's saying, my thing. I'm not saying that NFL draft pick first-round picks are going to succeed right away, but they they continue to get chances, and that's why. And Nelson Aguilar isn't out of the NFL, right? Like he was a first-round draft pick. His team and his coaching staff and his, and his front office are going to give him more chances to succeed because they spent that first-round pick on him. That's completely irrelevant, though, to Amari Cooper because he didn't he didn't need that, right? He excelled in almost a historical fashion his rookie year, and. I understand what you're saying about Tyreek Hill, and I'm not. I mean, I don't. I don't hate Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I'm. I'm probably more down on him than most, but I think I mean, he's obviously. I can't deny what he's done in this league so far. I will admit, after his first year, I was on. I mean, I wasn't alone, but I was in the the camp of this guy's a freaking gadget player, who had. 40 carries or 50 something carries right like he was used and he was schemed into the offense and obviously I was proven wrong on that and I'm not saying that I can't be proven wrong again but what I am saying is that I'm not giving up on Cooper uh, after one bad year when he had two historical years to start his career and especially with the profile that he came into the NFL with yeah, I guess I, I guess I get that. To me, I, I I throw all that stuff out the window once they're drafted and once 
they get the opportunity because to me, I mean, I get that that Tyreek Hill was a fifth round pick and that Amari Cooper was a first, but right now that doesn't matter. I mean, that that means nothing to me because they've both already proven that they belong in the league. So as far as looking at how I'm going to separate these two, um, where they were picked in the draft three years ago, four years ago, I, I bears nothing to me on where I'm I going totally to get them that. now. And that's fine. If it did, yeah, yeah, and and that's that's just kind of where I'm at with that. But uh, but it's interesting. It's interesting because we're on different different ends of the spectrum with those guys, and I'm sure. This won't be the last time we discuss them, but uh, but we're out of time, so we got to wrap this up. What do you say, Travis? Let's yeah, head on that'll home. Do us, that'll do it for us today. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry we rambled on there about Amari Cooper and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> um, you can so check check us out on Twitter. We're all on Twitter. Um, our show is at Superflex Pod. I am at Travis NFL. James is at DFF underscore the Brain. John, who we miss sorely. Well, I don't really because he would have been on James's side on that argument there. Uh, he is at DFF Dynasty Dude. Uh, we are part of Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. We're churning out, Dynasty Football Network is churning out all sorts of great podcasts. You guys should definitely be checking them out uh, at DF underscore network. They've got the Fantasy Football Fellas, uh, the Dynasty War Zone. IDP Edge Crushers for you crazy IDP guys out there. Debbie Watch Podcast for you Debbie sickos. Capology 101 putting out great content right now. Um, team salary caps and player contracts and what that means for, for dynasty values of players. And then the new Dynasty Trades Headquarters podcast. All trades all the time. Uh, ch- check out all those shows. Please, guys, go review and rate our podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps us out a lot. helps us climb up those rankings and, and find new listeners. Also, though, more importantly, we, we read that feedback and we listen to it. It helps us get better every day. Um, so please go give us your feedback there. We want to hear it. Uh, and thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for their song, The Addiction, for our intro and outro music. And next week we come back and we are going to hit, James, all of the uh, the retreads, the forgottens, the uh, the bottomed out, non-existent wide receivers uh, that didn't finish in the top 36. Until then, bye. Yeah.